Welcome. This is the She's Capable podcast with Christelle, Shelby, and Ashley. We want to champion you, have real discussions on real issues, and have fun. We want you to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and in your practical life. Hello, and welcome back to the She's Capable podcast. This is Shelby again, and I'm here with Donna Cole. Hi. And this is part two um, with Donna, and we're going to be talking about femininity, true femininity, and then also uh, working through some inner healing. And so um, we're really blessed to have her with us. Um, She and her husband have an amazing testimony. She shared that in our previous podcast. So if you want to hear that, um, go back to that one. Um, But yeah, we just even want to encourage you. We're going to get into some inner healing today. But if you want more on this, their ministry is called Pure Heart Ministry. And it is... um, they have some stuff on um, YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to look into, like, this is just scratching the surface. So we want to give you some tools to get more. So you can look up um, on YouTube. It's called Pure Heart Intensive. Yes. And you can look that up. Look for Tom and Donna Cole. And that will take you through, like, a whole seminar of stuff that they teach on inner healing, um, as well as they have a book called Pure Heart. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the notes as well. Um, but, yeah, we encourage you even to buy that book. And it takes you through some steps towards inner healing. But um, I guess we want to just start with, um, we're really in a generation that um, very much a women's movement generation. And there's some beautiful things in that too. There's also some things that are really tough. Um, But yeah, we just want to even get into femininity. Like what does that look like? And even for you to share, because of even your story of coming out of homosexuality, and I'm sure you've worked through what does femininity look like in God's eyes. And so, yeah, if you wanted to share a little bit on that. Sure. So, um, you know, when I was in my homosexual days, I did uh, have a very short haircut. I had a tattoo. And again, now everyone has tattoos, but 30 years ago, or well, it was more than that now. Um, I was 18 when I got it. Women did not have tattoos. Pretty edgy. Yes. <laughs> and I was a tough chick. That's, you know, very butch, very, um, everything about me said I'm tough. Uh stay away from me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, don't a lot mess. of people, yes, don't mess with me. I'm, you know, I'm be scared of you. So, and what were those really self protections? Mm. And it took a process of God starting to heal my heart so that really, um, who I was could bloom. Mm-hmm. And part of who I was, was a woman. I know in, um, this day and age, uh, the enemy is truly attacking identity. I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of maybe my identity was so skewed in who I was, and I really didn't know who I was that I can see it just so clearly. Um, men and women, though, I know it's maybe not politically correct to say so are very different in their makeup and who they are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what God did is it says that from the beginning, he said that he created man after his own image. And then the next part says, and he created them male and female does not say God created man after his own image. And then he created Adam. No, it says he created them, male and female. So God was trying to say, there's something I put in a woman and who she is that's going to reflect who I am. And there's something I put in a man who will reflect who I am also, because God is so encompassing, right? So there's character qualities inside of me that a man doesn't carry. Now, not that we don't have it um, at all, right? All people carry the beauty of God and who they are, right? No matter who we are on the earth because we were created after his own image. But that's one of the 
the things that I believe God put into a woman. It's his beauty. I'm to carry that. I'm to reflect it. I'm to um, um, show the world, wow, there's beauty. And he put that inside of her and inside of who she is. And when she's healed, and like I wasn't healed in that, right? I certainly didn't reflect reflect the beauty of God in those days. No, I reflect a tough girl who was not about to let anyone in. I also believe a woman carries the love, the undying, unconditional love of God. It's inside of her to keep believing, to keep pressing in, to keep loving, even when everything inside of her says, oh, this doesn't make sense because God wanted the world to know that's how he is. And so the way I usually uh, illustrate this is through mothers, right? Most of the time, a mom's going to get up in the middle of the night when the child's sick and uh, take care of him. Now, again, not that a father can't and not that a father doesn't, but most of the time, that's the way it is. The woman's, it's already in her to lay down her life for her for others, for her family. Mm-hmm. Um, like even in our lives, we know this um, uh, uh, family, her her son gave into uh, child pornography. Mm-hmm. It was a true thing, right? He got taken to prison. And I'm letting you know who keeps showing up to visit that son, who keeps writing the letters. I hate to say it, it's not the dad, it's the mom. It's because in her is this undying love. I even know what my son has done, but I love him. I know that my son really did commit these crimes, but I love him. Mm. And that's the way Jesus is. That's the way God is. And that woman, that mother's heart is to reflect that. That's why most of the time, if a child gets hurt, mama, again, maybe they had to, or not negating that. I'm just letting you know, 90% of the time or 80% of the time, that child runs to their mama to be comforted because God put it in her, her to reflect his love, his mm. comfort who he is, and she's to carry uh, his beauty. So as women and mothers, we're really expressing that part of God's heart. We're expressing his love, his undying and like unquenched love for us and that consistency that we see expressed in in women and expressed in mothers. And so that's, yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, and um, what we are also to live, a a woman that's healed can live open-heartedly. That's the way she was designed to live with an open uh, uh, heart, an open heart for my husband, an open heart for my children, an open heart if I'm single for for um, all the people around us. I'm supposed to reflect his love. In fact, the whole world says, hey, unconditional love, unconditional love. You hear that all the time. That is what a woman's supposed to have inside of her, mm-hmm. an unconditional undying love that in the end reflects God's love. It's supposed to draw me to him. In fact, in the mother wound teaching, what we teach is that the mom is the first person that, that, that child meets, right? She's, he's, that child is carried inside of her. Mm -hmm. And what a woman's part, uh, to play in that child's life is to teach that child how to give and receive love. That child gets it when she's, she or he's inside of that mama and she's just carrying it and that love mm-hmm. is starting to grow and that child can sense that. Or if, if it's not perfect conditions can also sense, I believe, wow, mama doesn't want me like, Ooh, something's not right. Mm-hmm. But then that child comes into being and through her very own body, um, she can nurse that baby. She might not, but she's, she's designed to even nurse and to care for everything says, 
Um, you know, cause that baby cannot give anything back at that no. time. Right. It can only just, it's very weak. It can only cry. Um, um, uh, everything it, is one-sided. Yes. Giving, not getting anything in return. Yes. And so we say that a mother's love is usually, um, given through three, um, areas, a large amounts of affectionate touch, right? When I nurse that baby or if I bottle feed, I'm holding that baby. I have to, right? Especially you might be able to prop up a bottle later, but not when they're one month old or two weeks old. There's just no way. Yeah. You're going to have to hold that baby. You hold that bottle. You're, that baby's getting large amounts of affection and touch every three to four hours and probably more even than that. But I'm saying because you have At to minimum, feed them. Yeah. Yes. Then um, eye contact. Um, they say scientifically that a baby only sees about 12 inches from their uh um, from their eyes when they're first born. I don't know how they know that, but it, it makes sense to me though. If you think about it, that baby's been in that mama's womb protected and, and in that dark, uh, place. And then all of a sudden they come out and there's lights and there's all these big sounds where the, everything was kind of muffled because they were inside their mama's protective belly. Um, um, everything to overstimulate, right? So it makes mm. sense to me that that would happen. But if you think about, it, if you hold a baby, what's about 12 inches, her eyes to his eyes, her eyes looking inside that, that baby. Um, and then of course our tones, our voice is the third way mm -hmm. saying to that baby, I love you. You're precious to me. In fact, when you nurse, um, the same hormone that's released when a woman falls in love, Oh, I love you. You can do no mm -hmm. wrong. You know, I'm in love with this man. Yeah. And, um, is the same hormone that's released in a woman as she nurses and in the baby as it's being nursed. Wow. So that everything inside of that relationship is saying, I love you and you love me. Hmm. It's where I'm supposed to learn to receive love first because he first loved us and then to give love. In fact, there's a scripture that I always bring out in my teaching. Oh, wait, it's in the mother wound teaching. Never mind. I, I have notes before me and it's the other notes. Mm. But it says that um, I, I have stilled and quieted myself. Yes, just like a small child is quiet with its mother, so is my soul within me. And God tries to give us word pictures throughout the Bible of what... Um, uh, to awaken uh, something like, why did he write that? He could have wrote, oh, my heart is stilled with inside of me. Just mm -hmm. like when my father takes me and bounces him on bounces me on his knee. So is my soul within me. No, God says I have stilled and quieted myself just like a small child is quiet with its mother. Yes. So is my soul within me. It's a picture of a mother's love, that mother's love. When my needs are being met by my mom, when my, when that feminine, feminine, uh, part of her is pouring into me, it brings peace. Mama's going to be there. I'm crying. She comes and gets me. She nurses me. My needs are being met. It quiets me. But say if a child is brought up in, in um, someone who's broken or very overwhelmed as a mother and that baby's in that crib crying for an hour, hungry, or maybe their diaper isn't changed, the opposite happens. And I learned that my soul is not quiet within me. Mm. My um, needs are not being met. I am full of anxiety. When is she coming? Mm. Something's not right here. Because God also, there's another scripture that says, um, um, from my mother's womb, you have loved me. And I learned to trust you when I was a nursing infant. Mm. 
Mm. Now you'd have to look it up. I don't have, again, those notes inside of me. I'm so bad about the addresses of the scriptures, but God says that I've learned to trust him when I was a nursing infant. Why? Because my needs were being met. Someone other than myself came bigger than who I am and took care of me. It Mm. says in those places I was supposed to learn if she's done the job well to trust God. So anyways, back to femininity, when my feminine self is restored and those walls of self-protection are let down, then I can live out of who I was. Now, of course, I didn't, I wasn't living out of who I was. Even after coming to the Lord, I said yesterday how I knew, um, uh, I wasn't gay anymore. I knew that I, uh, in a moment's time, he poured his love in, but I can't say I was healed of this lifetime of wounds. Mm. I wish it came that easily. No, God had knew I had great trust issues and great walls around my heart. Mm. Um, and he had to one by one, let those walls down. How do we do that? First of all, we open up our heart to him, right? Mm. Um, the psalmist, if you look at the Psalms or the book of Job, they're very honest about their heart. God never said lie, pretend, act mm-hmm. like it's not there. In fact, he's, the psalmist, if you read some of the psalms, you're like, whoa, look at what's in there. And these are songs, yes, that they would sing. Hey, oh, my enemies seem to prosper, not me. Like, let's be honest with God about what we feel. Or David also wrote, um, I want to take my baby's enemies and dashed, ba- bash their heads against a stone. You're like, what? And again, I don't know the address of it, but you can look it up. It's there. And you're like, why is that in the Bible? Mm -hmm. I believe it's there so that you know you can read. That's really how David felt. Mm -hmm. Right or wrong, it wasn't right, right? I can, in my religiosity, say, ooh, I shouldn't feel that way. Push it down. Mm -hmm. And God's like, oh, get in touch. If you're so angry and full of hate that you say, man, I wish my enemies were dead. But you know, oh, that's not the way Christians are supposed to think. Even though it's there and he knows it, you push it down, it never gets dealt with, given to the cross, he can pour his love in, I am set free. Mm -hmm. But if I pretend those things aren't there, then I never get healed of that. So here's the Psalms full of that. Or here's Job accusing God of who he is and his character and that um, God is wrong in this circumstance. Mm -hmm. Then you see God finally breaks in with Job and God says, and here's my friend Job. I, f- I think it's three times. It's at least two times. He says it more than once. And my friend Job did not sin in what he said. And my friend Job. And you're like, but. He but accused it, you. He yeah. came at you. And the other three God didn't say that about. No. But I believe what it was is Job was honest about his heart. He didn't sin because he was honest about this predicament he was in. And he's like, Lord, I don't get it. I believe you are unrighteous. These are unrighteous things that are happening to me. How dare I know I didn't do any wrong in your sight. And God says, and my friend Job, and my friend Job, God wants honesty in the innermost parts. In fact, David, who sinned with Bathsheba, and I think that might be in Psalm 51. I could be wrong on that one. You'd have to look it up. But it it says, if it's Psalm 51, because that's where he sinned with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting Psalm because um, he's writing in that place. And I'm almost sure that's the one, or no, maybe that's Psalm 139. Now I'm thinking of it, but it says that he wants, um, 
honesty in the innermost parts. Mm. But what I do love about Psalm 51, which I do know this is in Psalm 51, he says, a broken and contrite spirit, God, you do not despise. Modern day English, because I think that's King James, a broken heart, God, you do not despise. And that's in where David has caused his own trouble. So then, yeah, just even to kind of, for the last bit here, I'd love to even break apart, like even some steps towards inner healing. And like, yes. even if you want to do that, I know you've done that corporately before, so whatever you feel comfortable with, but even how for us as listeners, how can we take steps towards like inner healing? Cause we've all experienced probably different wounds. You as listeners have experienced different things. And like, we want this open heart with God. Like you're talking about, we want that openness, like even as a woman and femininity should be open hearted. We want that. So how do we kind of get there? Sure. So first you must know he does love you. You can tell him anything, just like we said with the psalmist and Job. You can't hide, right? I remember when God was starting to work on my heart um, towards my stepfathers that brought much abuse. You can listen on the other podcasts. But um, there was a point that I, I remember I prayed this prayer, and I believe it was God-breathed, though at the time I didn't know that. I was about to write a letter. Um, I thought it was going to be for my stepfather. In the end, it ended up just being for me. Um, it was the stepfather that was in prison. And... Um, just these hurts were coming up. And I, he was very young when he was with us. He was only about an 18 or 19 year old kid and did, you know, ridiculous um, abuse. And I thought, I, I remember praying this prayer. I, I get out the paper because I realized like stuff started coming up mm. in my heart that stuff like, I wish he was dead. Like, I wish he uh, didn't do what he did to our family. And it came because my sister, who was um, birthed from that man, um, uh, started to tell me, Oh, I'm going to have this relationship with him. And, 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 and I just blessed her and said, Oh, that's so good. I'm, you know, I'm glad you're having this relationship with your dad. Um, cause she never met him. Um, my mom got pregnant with him pretty early and then he went to prison. So, um, but deep inside I was angry. And so the Lord was starting to peel the onion skins that I was really deep down was, I was carrying, um, things that were, it was like a cancer inside of me that I didn't even realize I had. Mm. And that conversation showed me what was truly in my heart. So I say to God, as I have this paper before me, I said, God, please. And I have my glasses on and I take them off. And I said, God, let me uh, take off these good Christian glasses and say what's truly in my heart. Because see, if I have my good Christian glasses on, if I feel hate towards my stepfather, I really am not allowed to feel hate. Mm. And so I might say, oh, I just don't like him, or I'm a little angry, when really there's a rage inside, right? It's one of the reasons why I've, I dealt with anger for so long, because it was still in there. And so um, then I just started to write everything I could remember. So one of those first steps is saying, Lord, bring um, up things that you know in my life uh, hurts, pains, uh, bitterness that I still have, start to bring these up in my mind. Like maybe someone says something and all of a sudden you think, oh yeah, well, fathers, I know, I, you know, yeah, my father. If you have that kind of attitude, that's usually a symptom of, wait a minute, there's something deeper. And so I asked, uh, I started to write down everything I could remember. And I, I just wouldn't even slow down, right? Because I, I, we're so used to pushing things down and I wanted it to come up and out and into the cross. That's the only way. If I pushed it back down, 
that hidden rage, that hidden hatred would still be there. So I'm letting me with my good Christian glasses off, say what's really in my heart. And so I started saying about the time you abused my mom and you locked her in that room and I could just hear it and all the fear I felt like I was trying to get myself really in touch with the incident, not doing it with my head because my head might just say, yes, you abused my mom. Number one. And yes, you, um, uh, abused us. Number two, like, see, I was trying to get to the heart of the matter. So I'm letting myself in a way relive. So for all that, um, when you uh, locked my mom in that room and, oh, I felt so scared. Like, is she going to die? I could hear her yelling. I could hear the punches. Oh God. Uh, you know, for, for the other time when he, he locked us in the room and, and did such and such to us. And, and it made me feel like if I'm doing something wrong, is he screaming and yelling? And I believed a lie that I am wrong, that, oh, if only I just wouldn't have um, taken that last piece of candy that he wanted. Do you see? I'm trying to get in touch. You must get in touch, not just with the head. We can do, be real good Christians. Okay, I recognize it through this broadcast. I have um, bitterness towards my dad. Oh, God, I choose to forgive him, and I release him, and I forgive. And then we go on, and we're like, oh but I still know I have all this anger. The way you get rid of it is to get in touch with it. It's like the psalmist, they open their heart, said what was truly, oh, my enemies, they seem to prosper. Or, oh, I want to take my um, babies, uh, the, the, the babies of my enemies and dash their foot, uh, their head against a stone. I'm getting in touch with how I really feel. God, I am so angry that my stepfather did those things. I'm so angry that my innocence in my childhood was stolen. Mm -hmm. And then, so that was the first part I did. Then the next part I got in touch with was with real needs. What were my real needs? My real needs were all I ever wanted you to do was maybe take me in your lap and be a father figure to me. Mm. All I really needed was to feel safe, but you took all that away and and I started to get in touch with, because when you're with in dysfunction, you, and, and with self-reliance, which I had those inner vows, I did not even allow myself to have needs. Mm. So, um, or, and wants, I just wanted my mom to find a man that was safe or mom, why didn't you love us above all these men? And you allowed all this hurt in my life, right? I had to get in touch with that. And if I don't, I wouldn't have the relationship I do with my mom today. She knows the Lord. She's a wonderful woman of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, do you have anything just like to even wrap up? Um, we have like a, a minute or two here to finish up, but do you have anything you want to just leave them with? Well, and then after you do those things, what you're going to ask God in the place of admitting the anger, admitting the hurt, admitting the pain, admitting my needs and my wants, or I would also write lies. Like I always oh, thought yeah. it was about me. Uh, when, when my one uh, stepfather molested me, I thought I was the dirty one. No, it was you. You were the wrong one to literally say you were the wrong one. Then in the end, the last part is so important. Now, Lord, will you, as I sit before him, might have worship music on, whatever. I've got a gaping wound. Jesus, will you pour your love into those places that I just gave to you? Will you pour your, your, your love in these areas? And Lord, will you show me how you see me now? And then I just tell people to quiet themselves and it might be a picture. It might be words. It might just be a sense. And it's usually something simple. It's usually something like, I do love you or something like you didn't do anything wrong. It was them. They took their free will and used it wrongly against you. Or it might be like all of a sudden you just picture, wow, I just seems weird, but I picture Jesus hand me this bouquet of flowers mm -hmm. and he has such love in his eyes. And he says, I'm not ashamed of you. 
I'm not ashamed. I love you. Mm. Or where I caused even my own pain. He says, now let me have that and now forgive yourself. Mm. See, the last part always must be where he pours his love in. And in those pure heart intensive videos, we have the ministry time and it takes you through those steps. Yeah, that's amazing, Donna. Thank you. Um, I just want to finish here by even asking you to pray for our, our listeners because there's probably some people that are listening and this is real and raw for them and maybe the first time they're going there in their heart. So we just even as listeners, we want to pray for you guys. So would you do that for sure. us? Sure. So Lord, even through my story, through the things I just talked about as as we open up our hearts and me taking off those good Christian glasses and stirring stuff up, right? But Lord, for the first time, maybe for some, stuff is finally coming up. I'm finally looking at my life. I'm finally seeing the hurts and pains that are there, the wounds that maybe I caused myself or again for me, other people inflicted on me. And then of course, later on in, in life, maybe I even in my pain caused pain. But Lord, I'm asking that each one father here, Lord, maybe they're going to write that letter out like I did. I remember I said, Lord, I don't, I, I literally wouldn't slow down because I was so worried I'd push it back down. And I end up writing those letters for each of my, to each of my stepfathers, Lord, and maybe about my mom and all of that. So Father, I'm asking the areas where they need to break the vows and the lies that they believe about themselves, where they need to say, Lord, yes, in that pain, I also went and started using other people because I was so sick of being used. Father, that place, Father, where my stepfather wounded me or my mom in, uh, uh, did that even through her brokenness, Lord, or that teacher um, tore me down and I felt so humiliated. Lord, the different pains that come up, help them to, to talk to you about it. And Lord, help them to expose those things in reality, Father, not in the mind, but in the heart. And Lord, as they do, Jesus, will you come now and will you heal these broken hearts, Jesus? Will you show them how you see them, Father? Will you either speak to them or give them a picture, Father, or a sense that he loves me? You're my child, this one, she is mine. This one, he is mine, my son, my son. I am so proud of you, my son. I'm so proud that you are opening up your heart to me. Or my little girl, that little girl that's deep inside who learned to live behind walls. I'm so proud that you're willing to go with me. I am the one that loves you. I am the one that laid down my life for you. And you might have lost trust in the human race even, but I am here with you. So Lord, pour your love into their hearts, into their minds, into their souls, like their personalities that were wounded. Like you said in Psalm 23, you will restore our souls. And Lord, even into their minds, Father, where they believe lies about themselves that might've been spoken over them even since childhood. Lord, tell them the truth. Tell them how you see them. Tell them how much you love them, Father. Tell them how much you care about them and that you're in this journey holding their hands and that you're not expecting a fast, okay, just get over this. Many people might have even heard, like, just get over this. But Lord, for the first time, they just wanted to get over it. They didn't know how. Lord, use pure heart. Use those videos. Use our book. But 
or and other uh, things in their lives. But Lord, cause that healing to come because you said you've come to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind. Father, that you care about these things. That was your statement of, of what you came to this earth to do. So Lord, will you do it? We give you permission to work in our lives, permissions to, to work into our hearts, permission to come and heal these wounds and these scars that life have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Donna. We appreciate you taking the time to share. And I know this is going to really impact a lot of women. So thank you so much. And for you listeners, again, um, look at YouTube, look up the Pure Heart Intensive for more. Um, We'll put a link also to their book, Pure Heart. Um, But yeah, we just hope this blesses you today. And yeah, thanks again, Donna. Yeah, thank you. for tuning in to the She's Capable podcast. Please review us, and if you like what you hear, subscribe. We also want to let you know that we have a free ebook out called Becoming the Best Version of You. To download this free ebook, follow the link in the episode notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.